Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. Yo, Eddie. Yes, Rolando. So I have a question for you. And it's related to today's topic, but what is your favorite class in Dungeons and Dragons? My favorite class? Yeah, your favorite class. Well, I like magic, but I also like discovering of self. So usually like sorcerer. Okay. Yeah. The sorcerer. Do you think the sorcerer has been adequately portrayed in Dungeons and Dragons media? Huh. That's a good question. Um, I would say no, <laughs> not at all. Really, oh, interesting. Great. I, I, not at all. Really, I, not, not that I can with think uh, think of. I, I mean, recently, uh, yes, but um, but in general, like throughout my experience of seeing um, delving in that area of like, like you know, like what I watch and what I read. Sorcerer. Sometimes I don't get much of sorcerer itself. Wizards, yes, but not sorcerer. Right, and then for those of you who don't know the main difference between a sorcerer and a wizard, a wizard studies the art of magic. A sorcerer has like an innate ability, and uh, yeah, this is just going to be some of the riveting conversations we're going to be getting into today as we talk about Dungeons and Dragons, the two thousand flop. Uh, and compare it to 2023's box office darling, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves, available now on Paramount Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Take that. They should be, <laughs> they didn't sponsor this, but they should have. Yeah. Yeah. They should. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, let's kick it off. Uh, I'm Rolando. And I'm Eddie Z. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals, an original podcast about unoriginality. Great! Look at that. You 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 said that without uh without stumbling into. It. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I was gonna throw it. Just go for it. Go for it. Go for so yeah, no. Uh, everybody, hey, what's up? It's me. Uh, it's just me and Eddie today because Nicole is uh, traveling Paris. She's on a way on a fabulous trip. Yeah, good for her. So she won't be back until next week, just in time for the Little Mermaid. But as usual, when Nicole's away. The geeks will play, and we're going to be playing Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the history of the films, uh, and uh, maybe some of the other important media representations of Dungeons and Dragons, which I kind of want to touch upon. But uh, first things first, Eddie, what is your relationship with Dungeons and Dragons, like the actual game? Well, okay, so this is in general. I've always been fascinated with this game growing up. Right. Um, I never got to play it. I was never around kind of people who were ever interested in playing it or uh, I always heard about it in the background, but I always heard about it in kind of in the negative. Mm -hmm. um, I do. Wait, wait, when you say in the negative, like people making fun of it or, or more like it's you gateway know, drug. To the gang, devil? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> a practicing of witchcraft and it just has like this whole negative thing. I remember when I was a kid, I saw me and my sister saw this Tom a uh, movie that Tom Hanks did. Um like I, I wanna say mazes and monsters. I think monsters and mazes. Monsters and mazes. And it's all about like literally about a D D group. One of them kind of gets caught up in the fantasy of it all and it triggers um kind of uh concerning behaviors in him where he falls into the fantasy and almost leads him um, spoilers almost kind of leads him to a very permanent death situation, you know. Um, so I remember seeing that movie too. So it kind of added to of like, oh, what is this game? Of course, you know, when it's bad for you, you always like, I want to know more. But it wasn't until kind of like just recently, a couple of years ago, that we kind of connected with friends and we we started playing uh, this game. And now we are kind of like one campaign after another. 
I got the chance uh, last year to uh, be a dungeon master myself, yeah. game master, and run my own campaign for the mm. first time. But yeah, for like almost two years. Almost two years. Yeah. Pandemic years. <laughs> the pandemic years. Um, but very much enjoy it now. That kind of like has become one of the... Um, a platform for socialization uh, for us. We met a lot of mm-hmm. meet a lot of people. Yeah, in this game, uh, we've uh, kind of become just kind of for me, kind of fascinated with the mythology behind the characters, the races, the classes that they use in D anD. d and has me reading more fantasy, which I wasn't doing before. Not really. Okay. Yeah. No. I mean, you know, my relationship with Dungeons and Dragons is more or less the same. I mean, you and I. We started playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, it's a hobby we shared too. Yeah, it is a hobby we share. It's a hobby we both developed together. Yeah. Because our first Dungeons and Dragons game was kind of a letdown. <laughs> no, it was just fine. It was just the beginnings. The beginnings, especially kind of like it was a toe, wet your toe into what we're going to dive right into, what we ended up diving right into for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, it I didn't expect to take to it as much as we did, but uh, we do have a little strong community of you know players that we play with, and uh, we have like this ongoing campaign. And uh, I don't know, it's been fun. But my connect. So anything prior to that, though, I had wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons because one of my friends in college wanted me to try it out. He said I'd be good at it because, especially in college, I was a storyteller, and he thought I'd make a a good DM. And uh, I think. Sp- he was correct, right? I feel like I do drop the most bomb ass games when we when we play, because uh, I understand the arc that is important for a hero's journey. Anyway, not to brag, guys. Sorry, you play so chaotic. Oh no, as a player, <laughs> a I am player. chaos. Yeah, you so you are the embodiment of chaos. Yeah, but uh, but we should even even say what. For those who don't know what Dungeons and Dragons is, well, what we're talking about—that's a good point. All right, so what is Dungeons like and Dragons? Very simple. Webster's dic- dictionary defined. I don't have it up on, but it basically, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons is a role-playing game. It's a tabletop role-playing game. I think it is the most popular tabletop role-playing game. Not the only one, but it is the most easily accessible one out there. And basically. Uh, for a game to run, you usually have a dungeon master who is the one who's going to kind of set the story, create the challenges, create the puzzles for you to solve, and the players who play, you know, different races and different classes. And I, I wish I was so uh, proficient in Dungeons and Dragons to tell you all the classes, but I could tell you a good chunk of them. You have paladin, which are like Keep it simple. This is keep it simple. Yeah, okay, this yeah, there's wizards, there's sorcerers. You, you, you have people. Man, you're yeah. a magician or you're a fighter. fighter you know, you have barbarians. You have all this kind of stuff. And you have, like, the races that you can play, like elves and dwarves, half elves, and stuff like that. So it's a lot of. There's a lot of lore that goes into the dragons. But, but it's easy to pick up. Yeah, I mean, especially if you find a good group that are just going to be supportive with you in the process as being a beginner. Um, mm-hmm. And also, it's it's really what I've uh, what I really enjoy. It is a group of friends getting together and we collaborate on this story. Um, and if you want, you get to play a hero. If not, you just get to play uh, just a person stumbling in through the circumstances of whatever fantasy world the dungeon master has created. Yeah. Um. But this is just uh, D and D is just one of these role playing tabletop games. There are so many out there. But right now, because of the topic we're talking about, the movies, two movies, um, that's going to be our our focus. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the first film that we're going to be discussing is two thousands. Dungeons and Dragons. It was released by. I should have this up. It, who was it released by? Uh, New Line Cinema. So this came out in the year two thousand, the end of the year two thousand. So Eddie, as Nicole likes to play, do you know? Can you guess as to like any of the top ten films from the year two thousand? A great year in film, as she always <laughs> says. Two thousand. What do you think? Oh man, you had like the Hellraiser Inferno movie. I said it's top ten, ri- top ten. Oh, what I love box office, not what you like. Box office. 
Any guesses? I don't know. Unbreakable? I don't Unbreakable is that? I don't see Unbreakable. There. What Lies Beneath by Harrison Ford. What Lies Beneath yeah, is number eight. Actually, Scary movie? Scary movie is also on that list. Is number seven. Which also stars one of the actors from the Dungeons and Dragons film, Marlon Wayans. That is um, Gladiator. Yes, that was number three. Shockingly, I thought it'd be higher up on that list, but Gladiator is number three. And Oh Brother, Oh Brother, where art thou? It's not on the list. It's not on the list. I guess it came out that year. I really enjoyed that movie. My favorite movie, Bring It On. Not on the top ten list. <laughs> it was popular though. It was super it was popular. super popular. And X Men influential. X Men um, came out yes. two thousand. Right? Came out in two thousand. It's number six. All right. That's. I think that's all I think. All right. Uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas is number one. Interesting. And Mission Impossible two is number two. Castaway on that list. Castaway. Give a call. Ha- uh, call out to Tom Hanks. <laughs> Aaron Brockovich is number ten. That we just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so interesting year in film. I remember Gladiator. Love it. It's getting a sequel. How do you feel about that? I feel fine about that. Do you? Yeah, I do. I, I just, uh, I, don't, cool. I don't know. But you see, some of these things, it's a good opportunity. Like, all right, Glad. I feel like well, we've been doing this for quite some time now. So it's sometimes I go with it. I'm just kind of enjoy this movie for where it's at. Mm-hmm. You know, and by, and, and by the way, too, out of, out of us three hosts, you know, I'm usually the the one that's more forgiving of this stuff. For sure. So I'm thinking like if it's if it's a good gladiator movie, low lowercase G gladiator movie, I will be happy. Right. You know? Um, if it's and you know, not expecting too much that it's going to give me the same kind of story that the first one gave me, the mm-hmm. same kind of emotional buy-in that I was for the first one and how how amazing um, it was. At least I, I found that it was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that. Yeah. And uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, we know that one was not that long ago remade. Uh, we covered it on the podcast. A link in the bio, guys. And this one's interesting, though. X-Men. That one so it came out in the year 2000. That one is also, like, I think... I know... Or the rumor is that Disney is working on an X-Men reboot. So I'm curious to see when, if and when they finally launch that. Because, like, Nicole accuses us of being, like, huge Marvel fanboys. And we do enjoy going to see the Marvel movies. But, like, we've kind of been slacking. We haven't gone for the last couple yet. We haven't gone for Guardians or Ant- Guardians, but we're going for Guardians. We're going to go for Guardians. going for Guardians. I want to see it in theaters. I hear it's good. Uh, But we didn't see Ant-Man. Why? Is it because we don't care for Ant Man? I don't know. I love Paul Rudd. I, I, I actually do Paul Rudd. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's get let's steer this shit back to Judges and Dragons. So the film came out in two thousand. It's actually it was actually in development since the eighties. Uh, they were trying to create this film with uh, Gary Gygax's, who's the creator of Dungeons and Dragons, his involvement. Uh, but things move slow in Hollywood, and uh, it wasn't until the nineties when they had. Uh, Solomon, Courtney Solomon, the director, attached to the project. And uh, one of the earliest people cast in the film was the star Justin Whalen. He was uh, most famous for being Jimmy Olsen in The New Adventures of Superman, the Lois and Clark show with uh, Dean Cain. And there was another thing that you may have seen him in. What was it called? Lois and Clark. Lois and Clark. It was the New Lois Adventures of Superman, which we also covered on the podcast, guys. Check it out. It also stars Marlon Wayans, who at that time I most knew him from the Wayans Brothers show on the WB. And uh, but you may also know recognize him from in this time period, Requiem for, Requiem for a Dream. So. Marlon Wayne actually is one of those actors who has, like, quite a range, I think. He's yeah. actually, like, a really good actor when you give him the material. But I actually think he's a hilarious comedic actor. I think he's... It's the way he's able to throw his voice to, like... I mean, White Chicks Alone. Oh, it's such a good movie. White Chicks Alone. It's God. such a... I talked about this on the podcast, right? That I think it should be remade, but from the point of view... Like, it should be black women to pretend, pretending to be white twinks on Fire Island to solve a murder. Mm-hmm. I think that movie would be spectacular so hollywood please make it uh 
So, and the film also stars Jeremy Irons giving a unhinged performance as Mage Pro- Prothean. I mean, as a mage, it was magical. He just gave such a... He was so invested in this. Absolutely. He was absolutely so committed. Like, this is the guy that read the script, and he said, I'm going to give it all. And he did. He did. No, he he, did. I mean, he is easily one of the best things of this film. He's committed to the role. He's so over the top. He's so campy. But, like, it works. Um... Uh, this movie, for those of you who don't know, was like panned by critics when it came out, uh, and it performed poorly in the box office. I think it was like number one hundred seventy-five out of the top two hundred films of that year, mm-hmm. and it was a box office flop. And y- you know, I wish I was more attuned to the history of fantasy films at the time, but you know, doing some quick research, I know that like Lord of the Rings wouldn't come out for like another two years, which was like the highfalutin. Was it the next year? The following year, you're right. The following year, the Lord of the Rings will come out. Harry Potter won't come out for like another two years at this point. So this was a a film. I don't want to say that it's ahead of its time, but it was a little bit ahead of the the genre by just maybe a year or two. And I think actually interestingly Actually Harry Potter also came out the ne- the, the next year. The following year? year? Oh, Harry Potter came out two thousand oh, so Harry yeah. Potter came out two thousand one, guys. So yeah, the following year. So I think Dungeons the Dragon is just missed that uh uh fantasy craze by a year because if you look at it in retrospect the film was a little bit ahead of its time especially in its portrayal of like how we have it's a mixed cast of uh of races which i found interesting because the lord of the rings is we've talked about it before it was so white i don't think there's a single person of color in the lord of the rings film i don't remember anybody i don't think there is i think just the only closest thing is the orcs. Stop. I'm just gonna <laughs> stop. Stop. Not that they're people of color, but like literally their skin is the yeah. other color, other shade of white that we see in the entire uh, film. And the Amazon series, Rings of Power, actually really doesn't exactly yeah. correcting. That. Yeah, and in, in introducing. Yeah, without making it seem like forced. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyway. Uh, but yeah, that's one of the first things I noticed in watching this Dungeons and Dragons film was it's uh quite a colorful cast, and uh, I don't know what are your thoughts. You had have you first question? Have you seen this film so prior? No, interesting because I remember it coming out, and I remember thinking, oh my god, I would be interested in there because I'm a big fan of like a lot of these. I'm a big fan of fantasy movies, so Lord of the Rings. You got um Lady Hawk. You got the like the old stuff, Lady Hawk, like Willow. Um, when I was a kid, I used to watch the Dungeons and Dragons um, animated series. That's right, it was an animated series. War, it was a film. Yeah, so um, I I was obsessed with that. So yeah, so I was like looking forward to it, but for some reason I missed it. There was a crazy time in my life, so totally kind of like went off the radar for me. So I remember my father wanted to watch it with me, but I think he read the reviews that were so bad that he never got around mm-hmm. to it. And it's a shame because he he was a big fan of the Dungeons and Dragons animated TV show. So I feel it's a shame my father's not with us now. He'd be so happy that I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons because I think he wanted so badly to be a part of that community. He just never found the community. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, be, so uh, oh, hopefully you're like smiling down. No, we stay to play. <laughs> Uh, blessing my roles because lord no they're not <laughs> most of the time but the more or less the plot revolves around jeremy irons trying to usurp the power of a queen played by thora Burke. empress 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 uh it's got dragons fighting dragons at the end of the film and our two main heroes uh ridley and snails are go on this quest to like retrieve these items on behalf of uh other characters it's, it's, a, it's a macguffin movie basically yeah and get uh, this get the staff and bring it back and the rod i think it was called the rod yeah. and uh and just kind of bring it back and it controls dragons and yeah it, controls it, controls the red dragon a little it's uh, it's not too convoluted but it's convoluted enough where it's yeah. just like i'm not going to go into too much detail but the point is a party is formed on this quest and this is something you see a lot. It's a trope in fantasy, like a party forming to help these heroes go on a quest, which is the whole point of Dungeons and Dragons. Usually in Dungeons and Dragons, you all are on a party. 
and you guys are all on the same mission together. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons is a collaborative game. Some of you guys hearing this don't understand that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We definitely uh, it 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 it's definitely about the hero's journey. You know, I mean, because it, you know, um, the main character really kind of it's central around central around him. You know, and his own hero's journey. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to be a hero. You know, he's a thief. Yeah, he's a you know, and uh, he like convinces his friend. He sees a pretty girl, and gets convinced off camera, almost mm. right. Like he comes a few things yeah, that happen off camera. Yeah, this this very thing. It's like feel like things that I don't know if it ended up on the editing, you know, floor, but things kind of happen. But one of the things is that he ends up getting convinced by this young mage, um. And she commits him, like, you need to do this. You know, the Empress needs this. And she's a good person. She wants to bring equality because it seems like the mages in this movie are the higher status individuals, the upper class. And anyone non-magical seems to be commoners or lower class. And there's this kind of class divide where the new Empress, who is young, um, she says, I want to change that. And a lot of what seemed to be a lot of old white men, uh, in this movie say, who are mages say no to this idea. Mm-hmm. We don't want this, you know, we don't want this, uh, equality among right. mages and commoners. So it's, and he goes off on the venture for this. They pick up a dwarf, they pick up an elf on the way, um, and they go off. Yes. Yeah. And I feel bad because a dwarf did not really do anything in the story. Yes. Kind of ended to the elf, except for having the most offensive breastplate I think I've ever seen yes. in fantasy. It's just so. so uh, the, uh, the actor that played that was like uh, Lee Ehrenberg. Uh huh. He played other. Uh, the, I didn't even know that this was his name through the movie Elwood. I, I didn't know his name. Yeah. I didn't know his name. So um, I actually know this actor because he played the dwarf. Snow White and the Seven, uh, the Seven Dwarfs, Grumpy, Grumpy yeah. in Once Upon a Time. Yeah, and he had a bigger role in that, much in bigger. that show. In that show, he was very good in that show. Yeah, very, uh, but uh, yeah, I felt like he was very much underappreciated, underappreciated. And the elf with yeah, the breastplate, the breastplate. How offensive <laughs> so was that breastplate? Ridiculous. So <laughs> literally wanted to make sure that this woman had breasts. Basically, yeah. it's like. Because everybody else was wearing something that wasn't very flattering in that upper area, mm-hmm. and we but we have to do something, and of course it's, you know, so giant breasts. These are the these are my so this is also um, I forget who who's the actress that played this um, but you know what we can see is she's a person of color, um, and I just wonder like sexualized. Is this oh, a thing that's sexualized, right? Uh-huh. And then, so the other thing I have too with with Marlon Wayne's character, Snails, you know, he gets to play the um, the joking guy. He's the yeah. funny one. He's, He's the, the goofy one. one, the doofy one. Yeah, that gets caught up in things. The the what we call this um, the the comedy relief, the comic relief. You yeah. know, comic relief in this. Um, and even though the Wayne brothers are excellent when they come to their comedy, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I feel like I mean, Scary Movie is one of the top ten movies. Of I the know, year. I know. My mother loves him. Oh, <laughs> my mother loves him. Yeah. I made her see a scary movie, and she was, oh my god, she loved this guy. Um, but um, but what I'm just saying is that it's one of those things where I feel like, you know, what what does it have to be? The dark skin guy, the black guy, that has to be the person of color. That has to be the goofy one. Uh huh. You know, the not serious. Yeah, the not, not serious. Not just that. One. But also, the expendable one. The expendable one. He's yeah. the character that dies in the party. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. But yeah, and so I, I feel like, uh, you know, it's, I'm not. When I see that stuff, I'm just like, uh, come on. Hey, you know, this is the problem. Because you could also, you know, this 2000. I, I, I don't mind it being funny. 2000. I don't mind it being funny, you know, but. I just felt like it was a little too too on the nose when it comes to these tropes. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. I I don't know. I, I, I kind of was uncomfortable. I was more uncomfortable by the fact that like they just killed him off and it kind of, I thought there was going to be a payoff at the end, but there yeah. wasn't. The only payoff he sacrificed comes, himself. Yeah, and I'm still not sure exactly Why? what. Yeah. For what, you know, because, yeah, I'm still not sure. I feel like you should have memorized this shit already. Mm-hmm. You Thank know? You. 
the movie, look, this is not by any means a good movie. It involved the map. That's what they should have memorized. That's what I'm indicating. I, I yeah, because he ended up sacrificing himself over uh, for the map, and uh, the map that's going to lead him to the, the magical problem. item, Got the it. MacGuffin, and he was like... We were after several months. And then he just drops it, and it's like, and then dead. I was like, ugh. Yeah. Uh, the only what a way. The only payoff that his death has is that they were trying to clearly set up for a sequel by the end of the film. Interesting fact: the movie did get two sequels. One of them was released in. Hang on, wait. Hang this. Oh, when was a sequel released? Uh, I forgot it. I had it. There was an actual. There were two sequels. One of them was direct to DVD. I think the other one was a TV film. If you could believe that. But anyway, uh, so I don't know. They must have had an audience. But what? I, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was just, do you think, and this is just me speculating, right? Because I did barely any research. I'm not Nicole guy, sorry. But do you think the reason the film didn't do well is because the fan base for Dungeons & Dragons at the time was more serious and was looking for something more serious? Because this ended up being a lot more tongue-in-cheek and comical than I was expecting. I yeah. just thought the film was going to be way more serious and take itself too seriously. Well, you see Jeremy Irons' performance. No, you but see Marlon Wayne's performance. It's just it's like, true. I don't think many people... I, I don't know. Because I, I, I think the Dungeons & Dragons audience has changed. I think, oh, like, no, definitely. In the last 20-something uh, I mean, years. When we think about what Critical Role has done, mm -hmm. you know, in this evolution of, of the role-playing game. And for those of you who don't know, that's like a... They're a group of voice actors who play Dungeons and Dragons, and they were streaming it, and they have become a popular franchise as a result. So yeah, and people, and because of that, they've kind of like um, what was it? We could say they've kind of opened the door, opened the doors for D and D. Yeah, they they made kind of like accessible. the man accessible, and 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 it was like, hey, this is cool. We and it's not just a person, individual in their mom's basement, mm -hmm. as we sometimes think about. Uh, but it's like it's everyone. Everyone loves this game. Although, you know, but this game is how it started. Yeah, it is how it started. Yeah, for definitely, you guys. definitely, I can can see that. But uh, what are we talking about now? So we were. Um, but do you? Yeah, I, I. Do you think part of the reason that the movie was so panned and maybe it could be? Yeah, definitely, definitely, because people are looking for a certain idea. You yeah, know, like what what should it be? Idea. You know, like um, what kind of story? Like we end up getting. A year later, the Lord of the Ring, mm -hmm. and it is is that that what they wanted, right? You know, it's similar too. It's not on. It's the, it's the kind of the whole fantasy idea. A group of people get together and they go on a mission, mm -hmm. and they have to get something or drop something off or protect something. You know, all these kind of people, and 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 the idea of if you think about it is that it 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 in itself it's about diversity. Mm -hmm. It's usually about races that don't usually get along mm -hmm. or don't trust each other. That's a good point. You yeah. have to work together uh, for common good. And in that process, in that journey, they discover they discover each other. They discover discover themselves and and also discover like, hey, you guys are not as bad as I thought. Or Man, how long do you think it's going to be before Ron DeSantis banned oh, Dungeons and Dragons? Let's just not talk. <laughs> Not it's like what name. others are allowed. Oh my god! Flamingo with regulars, even breed together. Uh, the reason I ask that is because this is an anecdotal evidence, but we do know at least one or two players who come from the third edition world of Dungeons and Dragons, and at least one of these people that I know get very upset when we go the comic route when we play Dungeons and Dragons version five. And that's just something I just associated. Just like maybe like that's one of the issues here that like this movie was too, too goofy, too silly. Because it was a silly movie. It wasn't, but it was like a fun kind of silly. And I don't know if it's like, and it's interesting because even watching it, I don't know if it was a kind of silly that's like, is it silly now in retrospect? Or if I was in 2000, would I also think this was kind of silly? Marlon Wayne's performance clearly goes on the silly line. Mm -hmm. You know, he was being like goofy and funny. As I which and I empathize with that because that's how I play Dungeons and Dragons. Fun fact: Marlon Wayans is the only uh, was the only cast member who actually played Dungeons and Dragons growing up. Oh, yeah, that is pretty cool. It's good to know. It's I mean that makes sense. I think there is a natural 
when you're in comedy, you tend to do a lot of improv. Yeah. And, and then this, this is definitely an opportunity for, I mean, you're a ham when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. You definitely get into character. Um, but yeah, it's basically like changing your voice, taking on a different attitude. And, and so, but sticking with the movie, yeah, I mean, people did probably want something different. I, I could, I could imagine. Um, I watching this movie recently, I was like, I said, oh, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a much more worse. And I, I said, okay, there's something there. There's something there. So it was something, um, things that I did appreciate about it. Um, I definitely felt like a lot of the budget was spent on location. Yes. So the film was filmed on location. They were using, they were using a lot of practical effects also. That's yeah. Not exclusive because there was a lot of CGI, which I think actually... 2000s quality, not bad. Either. Yeah, so I'm I'm also very forgiving with the CGI mm-hmm. too, and and um, you know, okay, Give Me a Monster doesn't per se look like a dragon, but close to um, uh, well, my idea of what a dragon looks like. But uh, I can be forgiving because I know it's like okay, this is the dragon part and everything. I did find the I felt like everything was there was a little too much of everything. Like it was like when you go into a tavern, it was always filled with so many people mm-hmm. you know and it's like everyone you know you you get the sense of like everyone's wearing a costume everything was you know mm-hmm. the costume quality wasn't like yeah good at all okay. and i felt like every like to indicate like everything had this like baroque approach it was everything was like even in the royal palace it was like always so much of everything mm-hmm. you know everything was like overly or ornated and and even it, the the thieves den was was like, why is there so much layer and layer of stuff? But there were just things hanged on the wall. It's like, this is just a piece of fabric just on the wall. It's like, not even cut well, you know? So in media or in production or actually in film studies, we call that the mise-en-scene. Uh, it's a French term. Ooh, it it me. Oh, no. What does it mean? I have no idea. Is it maybe like, Nicole knows. <laughs> She's in Paris oh, right no. now. <laughs> She's in Paris right now. Oh, by the way, little little fun translate. little fun fact about us and that Nicole had played D and D with us once. She did. She, she fell did. asleep. She fell asleep. <laughs> well, she wasn't big. Yeah, she has a limited amount of time when she plays with us. Yeah, it was, like after two like, hours, hours, she's like having out falling asleep. Like she sends familiars away, and she's like, "I'm done." Yeah, walked off. We got her friend roommate just fireballing everybody. But no, so the mise scene is like basically this uh, idea of like what you see on the screen is. Like where you place it has intention and stuff, and I do agree with you. The 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 scenery was a little sloppy at times, where it just felt like kind of just like slapped together. Nice, yeah, very well thought out. And like a, everything had that cheap quality look. Yes, to it, you know, know, it's yeah, like a... the bad guys den, the guy, the bad guys like cabin. It just like it's like what's with the clutter? Well, why do we need all this? Like it's like vials of stuff I mean, everything was just too much this is like so messy we didn't even talk about the other oh let's not well, which one uh, the, i'm talking about the the bad guy with the blue lipstick yeah yes i forgot what i don't know what, what his role was wait well he There's was like a bo- he's like a, well, he was definitely was like working with the bad guy he was working with he was like a minion of the bad guy yeah he, was, he like was like antagonist he he maybe captain of the guards something like that i think he well, you know was was playing that role and um what what did i call him what did i say he looked like a drag queen without no with a minimalist approach, approach. yeah it was just blue it was a bald head blue lipstick yes that yeah, was I a look. understand i didn't understand why i don't know where the blue lipstick comes from it was the most distracting thing every time he was on unseen i just like like that is so those li- those lips are so distracting it's giving, not in a good way. It reminds me, I don't know if you've seen the video of Melissa McCartney putting on the makeup for Ursula. Like, it's this big deal, which I think it should have been a big deal. But you see how little makeup they put on her that it's just like, this is nothing. Like, this is this is like a person going out to the club. Kind of makeup. It's but just, not even. It's like, it's not film makeup. He played that character, Damodar. Dam, Dam- yeah. Damodar. Um, I know he appears in the sequel, apparently. Yeah, so it's like, uh, it's really like, yeah, it's kind, of, it's ridiculous. It was, it was. I felt like if it wasn't even done right, it didn't shape. It didn't give any shape to his lips. Oh, it was yeah. just like if someone just like slapped lipstick on, it was just. And this, he like, must just. I feel like this costume designer must have been so proud, being like, no one expects 
a blue lip. It's like, God, yeah. <laughs> it's like nothing he said I took seriously. Yeah, because of that blue lip. I just thought it was just, it was. Are you dragging this up? I like I, It was crazy. I thought it was Billy Zane for a moment also. It was not. But yeah, no. Overall, though, shockingly, not a terrible movie. Uh, history has steered us wrong on this one. I think it's a it's a it's a fun campy film. I think it's epic campy. Jeremy Irons steals the show with anytime he's on screen. He's not on screen enough. Yeah, not I enough. Complaint. Yes, yes, more Jeremy Irons. That, more Iron, please. Yeah, yeah. but and, but they, yeah, there was that those weird transitions, you know, where it was like we we pop into the next scene and we don't know. It definitely was like something that happened off camera. This thing happened like. Um, because like now it was like we enter one scene, it's like all these dragons. The Empress called forth all these dragons, and she's like, Yeah, she's like being Damaris. She was Damaris. So she was like, she's like, she's like riding dragons and commanding dragons. I can't believe Lord, uh, Game of Thrones stole the ending <laughs> of the series from Lord, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, basically, you have a blonde queen riding her dragons, destroying a city. Yeah. So it's like, Oh. This looks familiar, and not enough people saw it to catch it. They knew. Yeah, so it was like Baby Daenerys. Baby, yes, exactly. She was like she was giving me that. She was like with her all her golden armor and everything. <laughs> she was like, "Bring forth my dragons!" Right. Yeah. No, but would you recommend this film? For just a giggle. Yeah, I, I think, think I would too, for sure. So anyway, flash forward now to. 2010s, late 2010s, right? When Joe Mangiello partners up with another writer trying to get a Dungeons and Dragons film off the ground. Now, for those of you who don't know, Joe Mangiello is like a big advocate for Dungeons and Dragons. He plays it. And uh, he's also been involved with the people at Critical Role who also helped give Dungeons and Dragons like this big resurgence yeah. in pop culture. And he does actually a lot of charity using this medium oh really that i didn't know uh but good for him actually yeah so it was in 2013 when warner brothers pictures uh announced a film based on dungeons and dragons and uh it was in 2017 when joe mangiello revealed that he had written a script for the project and uh was trying to make it happen it wasn't until 2017 towards the end of the year where the film was moved to Paramount Pictures. Uh, and uh, eventually, John Francis Daly was tapped to direct. John Francis Daly is most famous for being the youngest kid, the brother in Freaks and Geeks. And uh, he was also in Bones. But he's also a director. He's directed Horrible Bosses, uh, Horrible Bosses 2, and I want to say that he was involved. Yeah, he was one of the spiders for yeah. Spider-Man: Homecoming. So he's he, gonna, he was one of the what you said he was one right. of the spiders or writers. Did writers? Okay, sorry. Right. Uh, yeah. So he's got like um, you know, hey, credit give, uh, credit due there. He uh, this kid from uh, Freaks and Geeks went off to do lots of cool things. So good for him. Uh, I feel like that cast from that season that got canceled from that show that got canceled after one season really really. Blew up. Yeah. James Franco, Seth Rogen, uh, even the the sis, the main, the main his this guy's sister. She you know she's like on that show with uh, Christina Applegate on Netflix and stuff. So, oh, Bijou Phillips is also in that show. Yeah, no, this show crazy. Uh, the star power that it produced. I can't start to one season. Can you believe? But yeah, that's more or less the production history behind Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Chris Pine would eventually get attached to the project as well as Michelle Rodriguez. What do you think was the initial... Do you remember when news dropped that they were working on a Dungeons & Dragons film? Like, were you excited? Did you care? What are your thoughts? It's a good question. Because... So, I was... I definitely was kind of excited. All right, because we were playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, we were already now, playing Dungeons and Dragons, and um, it was it, announced. Uh, there was, it, you know, I'm just saying. Well, if they're smart, there's so much material out there, so much content, uh, and what people want, what people don't want. A lot of, lot of people have expressed their opinions about the game itself, and um, 
Critical Role came out with their animated series, Vox Machina. Vox Machina, and you know, comic books have come out of of stuff like that. So I was thinking, wow, it's just like opportunity. Really, now is a great opportunity to um to really explore a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, so yes, I was excited to answer your question. Yes, I was excited. And then, oh, and then. I'm not going to go into the details, but the whole thing with Wizard of the Coast thing happened. Oh. Uh, the big scandalo. Look yeah. it up. I'm not going to go into it. Look it up. But the whole thing with Wizard of the Coast. And then I was like, Wizard of the Coast? They're attached to this movie? They were. And they have- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still have to ask that question. And it's like, I'm not going to support this because I'm upset about their... Actually, you know. that's a really good point. I want to bring that up. I'm glad you brought it up. So anyone who doesn't know, Wizard of the Coast... Uh, removed the open game license for Dungeons Dragons, or they were reworking it, which really pissed off a lot of players and uh, content cre- creators, content creators, creators around Dungeons Dragons, and not like content creators in the sense of uh, like people who make like videos and stuff, more like content creators, and people who create actual like you know books and resources and resources material. Thank you. That's what uh, you know, like different classes and stuff that they some people make a profit off of these things so Wizards of the Coast was considering trying to revoke that and rework it uh, to really take a big chunk of change as really I mean you can blame a little bit of that on the people from Critical Role because they make a lot of money by using well not to blame there's no blame I'm not gonna blame I'm not gonna blame anybody I just so this happened Look it up. We're not going to go into details because it's, it's ridiculous. But yeah, there was a lot of backlash. But that's like backlash up like that. Very like this is around the time that people, people started. People started then yeah. were like boycott, know, boycotting. Boycott. You know what? You gonna do this? We're gonna boycott. And Wizards the, of the Coast the, came. They came. And, well, yeah, the people united. The common folk united. The geeks, the freaks, those that just lo- the love of the game. Um, all those people united. And they were like, wait, we're not going to let this happen. And, um, you know, they, they they started boycotting. And then Wizard of the Coast felt well, this maybe not a good idea to do. Yeah, so they, <laughs> uh, they reversed course. <laughs> and uh, just in time because the movie is a box office darling. It, uh, sh- it shockingly did very well in the theaters. And the reason I say shockingly is because... I had seen one of the, the first trailers and I was just like, mm, this doesn't look like it's going to be a good movie. It looked a little cheesy and corny. And uh, I really had to give the movie a chance because it was cheesy and corny, but like in the best kind of ways possible. Like it was aware of itself. And that's what I appreciate about this film. So I think one of the things that this film got right off the bat that was like, perfect in my opinion was kind of the tone it was not like a serious movie it was actually kind of a funny movie and i think one of my favorite parts of the film is actually right in the beginning when the main characters of chris pine and michelle rodriguez use you know they gang up on this poor bird person aracocra and like use him to like fly out of a prison and it's to escape prison yeah (laughs) and it's like it's such a ridiculous scenario, but then you realize that's what Dungeons and Dragons is when you're playing with your friends. It's just one ridiculous scenario after another, and I think that's ultimately what really drew me to like the great opening for a film, giving you you got the backstory from the characters, but you also got to see the absurdity that was in this in this world that is Dungeons and Dragons, and that's why I appreciated this film. It was uh, it 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 knew. It understood that Dungeons and Dragons, at its core, is silly. It's fun. It can be dangerous, uh, depending on how you're playing it. But you know, ultimately, most players, I think, tend to skew with the silly, with the funny, with the with the comedy. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Am I reading too much into that? No, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I I thought. Um that it had that it had that funness of when you get together and and you're you're coming up with a plan and sometimes that plan doesn't work so you have to be innovative you have to um uh figure it out on on the on the fly at that moment and you you really got that portrayed you really saw that in the movie you know 
So and the comedy, just the uh, just the jokes were so they were funny without being silly. You know, I yeah. thought that there was just like there was that humor that that just kind of uh, came naturally mm-hmm. um, with these characters. And you do get that sense of like um, that collaboration working together um, on this. You know, they have a they have to they have a mission. Right. Which I guess we should have talked about the plot a little bit. But the plot of the film is these band of thieves, hence the name of the on amongst these. Uh, they got arrested during a heist, and they've escaped. Two of them have escaped prison now in search of one of their daughter. And the daughter turns out to be now having raised by one of the other members of this thieves group. And uh, she's been kind of brainwashed and lied to to think, yeah, to think that like her father. She's been gaslighted. She's been gaslighted to believe that her her father abandoned her, right, for selfish reasons. And uh, meanwhile, this guy doesn't know, or he knows, and he doesn't care that he's a pawn to a greater conspiracy to try to turn everyone into a zombie type thing, army, a zombie army, and take over of the undead, yeah, for uh, Thans and stuff. And that's a that is more and. Ultimately, it's about trying to rescue. It's a rescue mission. They're trying to rescue the daughter while trying to save the realm. Yeah. That is more or less the plot. And a party. Is because they figure it out. Because before it is like a rescue mission. And then they realize, oh, man. There's more to this. There's more to this. You know? As is usually yeah. on course for yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. There's just not, you know? not as, when you think, wow, that was easy. Then it's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's more. Yeah. And in terms of the cast, like we have uh Chris Pine playing Edvin or something. Hang on, let me let me let me pull this up. Sorry guys. Uh we got Chris Pine as Edgin Darvis. He's a bard. Uh and I think I'm only gonna go over their their classes because I think it's actually one of the bigger successful points of this film versus the uh two thousand film. It's like the classes are very defined without saying they never say the word bard, I don't think. But we know he's a bard just from how he he interacts with the world. Then you have Michelle Rodriguez playing as Holga. She's a barbarian. Uh, so she's like pretty brutal and like kind of, you know, fierce and tough. She's fights. She's tough. Yeah. She's very deadpan, which I think yeah. was so great delivery in her <laughs> in her performance. Uh, Regé Jean Page. He is Zank, who is a paladin, who actually I thought... In my experience, paladins suck. In like they are like they are like buzzkills. Usually, when you play them in the game, if you're playing them properly, they tend to be buzzkills. They knew this, and they made the buzzkill part of the comedy around him. I thought it worked so. I thought he was great in the role as a paladin. The puppy chulo from uh, Bridgerton. Bridgerton, yeah. First season, Just he was. This... I wanted more. Oh yeah, I wanted more. Oh, can I get enough yeah. of him? Justice Smith, he plays Simon, a half-elf magic, a wild magic sorcerer. Uh, then you have Sophia Lilly as Doric. She's a tiefling druid. Now, here's the only thing. I thought tieflings had red skin. I didn't know that you could. Well, they come in, in not just in red, in, in in the different colors. But I thought you had to have a different color skin. I thought you in, had to be, like, very noticeably not human. In D&D, at least 5th edition, no we and I only know fifth edition, so. <laughs> but um, you have, you know, I think you have you have your different colors. You have your reds, your blues, lavenders, and stuff like that. So um, hers, she just kind of look. Um, but it's it, it is interesting, you know. She just said it like, um, you know, she had human parents. She was born. They couldn't handle her being a tiefling. Mm-hmm. You know, usually that's because of a curse that part of the sometimes t- uh, the origins of tieflings when they come directly from a human. Has to do with this. Usually, correct me if You're I'm wrong. Like you true. probably will correct me if I'm wrong, Roy. Um, some, some, you make a deal. Oh, you, right. You kind of make a deal of, with uh, some demon of some sort or infernal, and um, there is a consequence to this. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's that your child or your children, therefore, uh, will be tieflings. Right. You know. So she was abandoned as a child, and that led her to have some prejudice against humans. Right. As most tieflings, I feel like, tend to yeah. have. Uh, and then... So she had the noticeable horns and the tail. She had a tail? Yeah, she had a tail. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, she, I think you only saw it once, really. I think okay. you used it once. 
I know she, I mean, you know, she is uh, a druid, so her basic ability is that she can uh, turn into different animals, right? A wild shape uh, druid. Then there is the Hugh Grant, who I thought was a surprise. Yeah. I found that he was going to be in the film, but like, talk about, again, a good villain will make a movie, and he is a great antagonist in this film. He's so charismatic. Yeah. And that's what works for him as yeah. a villain. Uh, he is a rogue. And similar to Irons, he really... He committed. He committed he to committed this role. He's so... Yeah. He's I so actually, charismatic. I there were moments great. I believed him, too. Yeah, there was yeah. just so, like... He's, like, so good at being he, bad. Yeah, and I actually think he's aging very well. Like, I think he's gotten a little, like, work done, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's very tasteful, in my opinion, also. Not that we should be commenting on... Well, he's not a woman, so it's okay. Men deserve to be commented on... Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, the film has been, it, it did pretty well in the box office. It just dropped not that long ago onto Paramount Plus. And, uh, I think one of the things the film did that works here to its benefit is that it doesn't, it, and actually I might be wrong about this, but I feel like it doesn't do a terrible job of like differentiating what these powers are that these people have. Like, you know, they never say the word bard. They never say, like, I think they do say sorcerer. Sorcerer, yeah. But everyone knows what a sorcerer is. But they don't say, I think we may have dropped the word druid. But for the most part, I think they did a good job of, like, showing you what the powers do and how do you associate, how you differentiate these characters. Yeah. I think to a so really, really good extent. They're, they're definitely skills were used, mm-hmm. you know, definitely skills were used, which is different from what I felt in the 2000 uh, movie where I felt like the mage, the young mage that was part of the group and didn't, the mage, yeah, like all three of the mage, the dwarf, and the elf, I really didn't see them utilize their power. Their power or their distinct classes. uh, Yeah, classes. You know, especially with a movie that where magic is talked about, there was so little of it coming from her. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, that's why I think this movie was a bigger success for sure. Um, but I don't know. I I, I I found myself very much enjoying this film. Uh, I think it was uh, a shocking surprise because I really didn't think it was going to be this uh, yeah. as good as it is. And uh, critics have agreed. Yeah. As as did audiences, apparently. So uh, I, I don't want to talk too much necessarily about this movie because I, I loved it. I think it's great and I think it's worth watching. What I wanted to ask you, Eddie, this is the main conversation I wanted to have mm-hmm. is, and I've been asking you always to be ready. So are you ready? I'm ready. What makes a Dungeons and Dragons movie? Because if you think about Dungeons and Dragons, the whole point of Dungeons and Dragons is that like these are your adventures. You pick, You are the player. You are in it. It's not like a video game adaptation where, yeah, you're playing a character, but like you're still following the story set forth by the creators and you're 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 in that narrative. Something like The Last of Us. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons is not that. Dungeons and Dragons will have pre made worlds, sure, and they were referenced uh in this twenty twenty three film much more than the two thousand film. But it's not it's still it's still this thing. It's just like cause none of these characters come from the come from like the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. So like what do you think is Dungeons and Dragons like what makes a Dungeons and Dragons movie outside of having the name yeah what, what was the last thing you said none of these characters yeah none of these characters the classes exist but they don't exist themselves in the in the game Dungeons and Dragons not until they not until the movie came out I think then they were created as like you can make them NPCs or like PCs if you wanted to um so what makes it is well, first you have the title, but besides that, outside of the title, right? I had to mention it. I I think it's the setting was one. Okay. The setting it was obvious. It's never winter. Yeah, it's with you know a part of D and D. The different settings of of you can play in different Dungeons and Dragons. You can play in different settings, different already created worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you have that. You you have references to the races. Um. You have um, reference of races, the spells that were used. You can identify from what we've learned uh, in D&D when the wizards use certain spells or, or casters use certain spells. 
Um, so you have that, those elements. So those elements are there, you know, like that, that you, when, especially if you see, especially you play the game, when you look at the, you see the movie, you see, uh, these D and D elements, the owl bear, mm -hmm. you know, you have that, you have the druid, the wild shaped druid, mm -hmm. the wild magic sorcerer, mm -hmm. you know, you have, you kind of, you have all these kind of things. See, the bad guys were a uh, bad guys taken from. The um, yeah, the bag, the yeah. Pins are so I I think it's the it's they utilize the material, the actual material. I mean, it's there. We use it when we create our own stories. We take this material that of the, all this lore and we use it to create the worlds mm -hmm. that we so I that guess, we play in. I guess my question and is, and also you have the elements of of groups of people, diversity, uh huh, uh, getting together, common cause. And I mean, in the best in the best of games, at least for me, becoming heroes, the process of 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 resistance of the journey, but then taking on the journey, the responsibility, sacrifice, be, becoming heroes in the process, found family, which is very important too, because mm -hmm. very much element of the the Michelle uh, Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez's character, how. They are not romantically involved, but they're raising a child together. Right, they're Actually, best buddies. That was one raising raising a a child together, and um, I found that totally awesome. Yeah, because it's like see, it's not uh, common to see a platonic male and female friendship. Yes, and this was holy, and they nipped it in the bud that she is not interested in him, nor is he in yeah. her. Which reminds me, we there was a cameo by Bradley Cooper. Coop as it took a, a minute, right? To realize a minute to realize it was Bradley Cooper. I was so confused. That was my one complaint of the film, to be quite honest. The the way they CGI'd him to like look like he was it just didn't feel real. They should have done the practical effects of like trying to make the you know, using force perspective yeah. to make him look smaller, not like just CGI him to be smaller in the yeah. world around him. That was my yeah. only complaint. One of my major complaints Greg's in the film. But go on. Anything else in terms of like what makes a Dungeons and Dragons movie? And I think I think that's that's pretty much it. I think that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah, you have your bad guy, you have like and then the the cool things that we love, puzzles and and uh dungeons. Yeah. <laughs> you know, literally dungeons and um and just like figuring out. I mean, the way they figure it out how to get into the castle was so clever. Yeah, it was so effing clever. Um, and 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 the the thing too, when plan fails, you come up with another plan. Yeah, we got to get it out of this situation. Uh, so. Right, I don't know. So I guess for me, the only thing is. Oh my god! No, no, no! This is not a complaint. I actually do. I found myself enjoying both of these films. I think ultimately, my main question, though, I feel like it's still unanswered in which what is a Dungeons and Dragons film? Because I feel like Dungeons, the whole lore of Dungeons and Dragons is that you are the adventurer, which made me as I'm coming out of this and we're trying to you know formulate this episode without Nicole. Uh, I knew that she would never have seen this, but you have. It is the episode the Dungeons and Advanced Dungeons and Dragons on Community, which is an episode that takes place, you have these cast of characters that we already know, but they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. And at no point do we see them in costume or anything. I think it's just the Dungeons, is it just the Dungeons and Dragons episode? The advanced one is the second? No, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons is the first episode. Okay. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons 2, I think, is, oh, okay. is the, the second episode, which wasn't as good. Still cute, not as good. Uh, that, to me, in, I'm wondering, it's like, would that work in a film form? Probably not, right? Because it just wouldn't. I mean, in reality, we definitely see it work with Critical Role and others that's now. Good. That's good. You know, yeah, like, like uh, to 20. Yeah, to 20, stuff like that. I will sit down and watch hours worth of people watching D&D &D mm -hmm. because of the... Sp see how the story will unfold. Yeah. Now, so anyone who doesn't know uh, the Advanced Dungeons & Dragons episode on Community, it has been pulled from streaming. So I think the only way you can access it now is uh, by uh, paying for it on Apple TV. That's the only way that I know that you can get access to it, or legally. But the reason it was pulled down is because uh, there is a character, Chang, who, played by Ken Jeong, he paints himself in, like, literal black paint because uh, he's playing a dark elf. 
and one of the characters makes a reference. He's just like, oh, so we're all came a with- drought is what they're called. A drought, okay. Uh, and their skin and is like a black black character. Uh, she says like, so we're all okay with a blackface. The hate crime is happening. <laughs> <laughs> Which and you know that was a joke, but I think it was the episode was ultimately pulled for 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 the use of blackface. And I always thought it was like, oh, what a shame. But anyway, back to the point. I feel like for me. That is, what a shame because it's such a good episode. What a shame! No, yeah, what a shame! It's such a good. It's like one of their, if not their best episode. But for me, it captured what Dungeons and Dragons is more so, in my opinion, than the films. Like the film captured the adventure part for sure, but I think Dungeons and Dragons is a little bit more than that. I think Dungeons and Dragons is ultimately about the people who are playing Dungeons and Dragons, which I will admit does not make. No. Or is a much harder thing to make as a film. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's all I wanted to say. I was just curious to get your opinion. Any, 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 any rebuttal or anything? Uh, I just think that wouldn't work exactly. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I don't know. I just think like if you keep keeping it with like the two thousand movie, this definitely is um a Dungeons and a Dungeons and Dragons movie, and um. A very improved one. Oh yeah, no, yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, you mentioned one of the things. Well, we were talking about this before we started recording, but one of the things you mentioned is just like, ah, oh, imagine if Peter Jackson had done this instead of, uh, well, if they had a different budget, right? And and budget, it, because yeah. that we get we get we get a year later. Yeah, you know this. This sometimes I'm watching this movie and it feels almost like an '80s movie, <laughs> a very '80s or '90s. Yeah. But, so, but thinking about the fantasy movies back then, it has that, um, it has that feel. But then it's like, um, then it's like a year later we get the Lord of the Rings, which feels like this amazing epic unfold, which also took years to make. Yeah, it took years to make. <laughs> you know, I know there's budget, I know there's years, I know there's investments and directing. But I'm just saying, like, oh, what would, what would, what would a movie directed by Peter Jackson? look like if it was the Dungeons and Dragons script. What or it mythology. Or mythology, right. the lore, right. stuff like that. I think it Are like you being really Guillermo del Toro? What right, would yeah. that look like? That like, would be so creepy. How great would it be if like wonderful. Dungeons and Dragons brand and just give it to different directors and write what they do and be like, do like do your own version of Dungeons and Dragons. Because that if you did a franchise like that, that would feel like the most authentic version of Dungeons and Dragons, Dragons because which... it's your own like the different styles, mm-hmm. right? So to help people different vision of the story mm-hmm. too, which I think would make for an interesting franchise. I don't think the studio would do that, but because I I feel like now because of Marvel and stuff, like we're so used to continuity. But I I don't know. I kind of like DC model of things sometimes, where it's just like. Who needs continuity? Let's just, did you enjoy the film? Great. Is it connected? We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. Like, I mean, I had to, I definitely had, I mean, when I was watching the Star Wars series, you have to let go of continuity and um, canonical stuff. Well, I feel like Star Wars thought was canonical. a better job of it. Maybe a My, diehard fan. I, you're a diehard fan. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am very much a fair yeah. weather Star Wars fan. Yeah. I, I like the series. But I know it near as yeah. hardcore of a fan as like you, some of our friends are. Like I will sometimes say some things that will just get me like ostracized by everybody. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So but that's it. I don't know. Um I yeah, I I've enjoyed both of these and I'm I'm real curious to see like what the future is of Dungeons and Dragons media. Yeah. You know, because it's like it's growing and it's like kind of fascinating to see. It is it's interesting because it has become a lot of what I also consume in my social media too. Like just like yeah, I follow people that play, follow people that give advice, follow people that um, opportunity, um, you know, like like playing styles and give you suggestions and advice, and um, so very much uh, have become very fascinated with this game and 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 love it. Um, So yeah, I'm looking forward to continuing our campaign that we're currently on. And you want some unsolicited advice from me? Right now, if you haven't seen like one of these live, like one of these games being played by YouTubers, I highly recommend the Dimension 20s uh, games. 
Unsleeping City, I think, is so wonderfully told. Unsleeping City, yeah, because it's kind of based more on, like, not the fantasy world, but more of a it's New York City. Yeah, it's New York City. New York City. And, but, but it's magic. Yeah, and it's I think, magic. again, accessibility. And I think that's what makes uh, that Dimension 20 so compelling. Yeah. It's a very accessible a little bit more. It's shorter. Anime. It's also shorter episodes. They're also too. shorter. So, so you could you could take you could take it more so than I think. Uh, role dimension dimension point. critical role. No, critical, critical role. role. Yeah. Critical that, role. No, but still love. They're good. I love. Yeah, critical role. Great. Look, it was definitely definitely. Oh man, I loved loved it. Oh, yeah. I, I can't wait for the new season. We're we're nerds here, and we you know we have to get ready because we have Dungeons and Dragons soon. So, what did you guys think of Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Amongst Thieves? Have you seen? Probably not, but have you seen the Dungeons and Dragons film from 2000? And what are your thoughts on it? Do you agree or disagree with us on anything that we have said? Uh, Nicole's the one who usually does this. Yeah, to be honest. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you agree? <laughs> you but, agree? Do you disagree? Uh, let us know in the comments section. Yeah, that's right. Hit us up. We're on Instagram at Remakes Reboots Revivals. We're also on Facebook slash Remakes Reboots Revivals. You can always email us. Our email is Remakes Reboots Revivals at gmail.com. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment and rate us on your podcast app. Please say show me and Eddie some love. Show us some love. So that makes <laughs> so it let us do more geeky stuff. <laughs> and that too, yeah. Like If you enjoyed this episode, please. Uh, let us know because Nicole does prevent us from covering all the oh, stuff we love. I know. Anytime, like, you know, uh, she's going to fight us on doing the X Men animated series when it drops. She's such a wicked sorcerer. And she, yeah, just a tyrant she is. <laughs> we love you, Nicole. We do, we do. I hope you have a good time. Get home you. safe from Paris. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's it, really, right? So, do you want to roll for us leaving? Us to leave. <laughs> Us to us leave. leave the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do a roll. What'd you get? A nat 20. A nat 20. Show's over, guys. So until next time, stay unoriginal. <laughs> <laughs>